following episode of Olympus Radio contains strong language for any listeners under 13. Listener discretion is advised. A half-blood of the eldest gods shall reach 16 against all odds and see the world in endless sleep. The hero's soul and cursed blade shall reap. A single choice shall end his days. Olympus to preserve or raise. Hello, everybody. I am Lucas, son of Hermes. And I'm Haley, daughter of Aphrodite. And welcome to Olympus Radio. Yeah, episode 10. Episode 10. And what is the title for this episode? Um, I don't know the title of the episode. I make it up later. But the title of the chapter is I Ruin a Perfectly Good Bus. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. But before we start, um, we love... Percy Jackson. That's one of the reasons why we started this podcast. But it's one of our top fandoms. Yes, but Percy Jackson is not our only fandom. We have a lot more. Yeah, one of which being the Marvel fandom. And we record every Saturday. And yesterday we just got the news that Black Panther Chadwick Boseman um, passed away of colon cancer at the age of 43 he's been battling it for four years and he's kind of kept it on the dl so nobody really knew yeah, in the I public did, i didn't know yeah i just found out last night um so but with that being said because we are such big fans and we want to especially with the blm and everything going on like yeah. the, honestly we want to do we want to honor him and i know this is coming out a week later but we still want to honor him with a moment of silence and then a Wakanda forever. So if you could join us for a moment of silence. For Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. All right. That's just bittersweet. I just... Yeah. That, that left my mouth bitter. I, like, dude, I'm telling you. I... Was watching a show and then my sister texts me. Yeah, she sends me a picture of Chadwick Boseman, and so yeah. I'm thinking, oh what? Are, are we ready? Gonna see another Black Panther movie? And she's like, dude, he died. And yeah. I was like, what? So I'm thinking she's playing around. I Google it. There's nothing on this thing. There's nothing on I um. What's that called? What's that website called? IMBD. IMDb. Yeah, there's nothing on his stuff there. So I'm like, okay. And then I refresh the page. Oh. And then that article came out that he died at 43? 43. 43. And I'm like, what? I went on Facebook and one of my cousins had posted an update. It's like, another one is taken. Or she said something. It's like, I can't believe this happened. F2020. And then like underneath it was just like, it was Chadwick Boseman doing the, the Wakanda Forever. And I was like, what the heck? And then there was a couple comments and my other cousin, her, her sister posted something like, what are you talking about? And then she's like, never mind, I just Googled it. So I was like, what's happening? Mm. So I looked it up, and that's when I found out. And I was like, I immediately ran downstairs, and I told my sister. You know, it was crazy. I I cried. And people were like, oh, what do you care, you know? It's just an actor. No, we do care, though. It's, it, it's a life. And plus, to me, in my opinion, it's... 
I'm not saying he's the first black actor. He's the first black superhero in cinema. Yeah. In movies alone. And he broke down a lot of barriers. You know how many kids want to go see that film? And actually were able to see black themselves? families, like, lining up in front of the poster boards, doing that, the Wakanda symbol. And, like, it, to some people, it may not be that significant. But to me and people of color and people of different diversities, they were, like, happy to see finally a particular protagonist that is not Caucasian, a protagonist that is African American or Asian or slash those forward. And it means this is what we keep saying. This is why this is why we love per- Percy Jackson books so much because representation it's very, matters. It's very adamant in those books, and I love how he used diverse people like Piper, yeah, who is Native American yeah. in the book series, and Leo, who is um, I think he's uh, Hispanic. Hispanic, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely Hispanic. Um, it's just... Uh, and then that's why we're just like, damn, you it, gave us such a good film. And now, no, who's going to who's gonna be like pulling up the mantle? We were talking about it, and I want, because it is part of the canon, you don't think it's going to happen. But not, I, no, I think it will, but it's not, not, not in phase four. I want Shuri to take up the mantle. Yeah. I want Shuri to become the Black Panther, because in the comics, she does. Can you imagine yes. how amazing that would be? And that girl's tech, like she's the, she's smarter than Bruce Banner. And think about it like, and Tony Stark. Together. Together. And think about it like this. Think about it like this. They, you, they already previewed the female Avengers. Oh yeah. They could in just the add game? her in yes. there. Yes. Yes. They did. They, they did. They can just add her in there. So it still works. It still works with the story. <sighs> I just think that Shuri's going to be there, but. We're here to talk about Percy Jackson, and we're here to talk about everyone a perfectly good bus. So, here we go. You know what? Like, I still have one more thing to say, though. Yeah, no problem, no problem. No, because I feel like the universe cannot let us have anything. Especially not 2020. No, I mean, like, oh, no, forget about it. 2020, forget about it. I mean, it ruined my trips to Japan already, oh, so my God. I'm, like, forever fucked. Yeah. So, but... I don't know. I mean, they did the they did the same. No, I'm not gonna say they. The universe took away Carrie Fisher already. Oh God! And I just uh, and the MCU literally is at its peak right now. Oh my God! Yeah. And then it's like it's sad. It's like I know. I mean, I'm never picky with actors. If even though sometimes there certain circumstances do happen where either the actors change or they got to go a different direction and stuff like that. I understand that, but it hits me differently when an actor does so good in a film, in a mm. role, and then everybody knows that person for, for that role. He's that, like, like Chris Evans. No matter what he does, he will always be Captain America. Robert Downey Jr. is... Iron, Iron Man. Man, exactly. Or now that Gil Gadot is Wonder Woman, that's She's all Wonder I see. Woman. She is Wonder Woman. Even though I was skeptic when I first saw her come out, yeah. I'm like, hmm, what are you about to give me? Yeah. But she boom. gave you the sauce. Oh, all of it. Yeah. All of it. She's about to give it to me again. <laughs> but to finish, to finish my argument, yeah, it just sucks, you know. Yeah. And regardless of what they do, I will support. Like, yeah, I mean, it's not nobody's fault here. Damn. Yeah, it's just... Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. 
All right, let's love you, Chadwick Boseman. All right, now we're gonna start. And for the for those that didn't like that, well, you know what? That's none. That's none of my business. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we're like we not said. Not my chair, not my problem. We are not just Percy Jackson. We we we're, we're ju- Percy Jackson fans. And the reason why we did this podcast is because there really isn't one like this. There really isn't. For especially for Percy Jackson. Like I said, when we started, there was one that started, but they didn't keep up. Mm. And we're gonna. But we're also nerds like we have multitude of fandoms i have a shelf of just all of this memorabilia (laughs) and how about my comic books at home and my mangas oh my god okay let's just start all right (laughs) all right so real quick do you want to do you want to do the how are you's we kind of i mean it's pretty much explanatory like we're not great we're not great right now yeah i it was one of those, like, when you're literally minding your own business, eating and watching something, and then, like, your phone goes off. And F- and 2020's like, oh, you would have thought. It's like, oh, sweetie, <laughs> one last thing. It's like a wood nymph just minding her business, and then Zeus is like, mmm. Or any male gods. I mean, but, like, Zeus, Zeus is the most yeah, notorious. Yeah, no, yeah, Zeus, yeah. Mm. If Except we're gonna for keep this. Except for Hades. The nicest... Bad guy I have ever met. Really? <laughs> really? But, um, how am I? Um, okay. So there are a couple of news. The Batman trailer dropped. <gasps> the new Wonder Woman trailer dropped. Uh-huh. Um, a sneak peek look into the new Suicide Squad 2 trailer came out. And, you know... DC's really picking up their shit. Honestly, I cannot wait. Um, like I, I, I can't even wait for the Snyder cut. Another. Oh my god! And the Snyder cut. Oh my oh god! Oh my god! Oh my god! We'll get into that. <laughs> so how are uh, you? My fandoms are on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and in terms of like movie theater, another update. Like they're saying, they're announcing that the movie theaters are now open or are opening. New Jersey says hell no. Yeah. But. I don't know. There's still there still could be places around here in the area or in Philly or anywhere that, that kind of like ignore that. So if you are if 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 a movie theater is opening in area, please take precaution. Please social distance. Be safe. Wear your mask. Come on, you know. I mean, I personally wish I could go to the movie theaters, but I don't trust it. I no. I don't trust it God right no. now. No. All right. Um. How about you? How are you? I'm okay. Um. I'm on. Don't laugh. I'm on okay Cupid again because I'm lonely and I want to find love because I'm a daughter of Aphrodite. Some people think dating apps are something to look down on, so fucking, you guys don't laugh. Then either. they're lying. I mean, that's basically half. That's how millennials and the and and the, the what's, what's that new generation called Gen X. That's how everyone communicates. And besides, like, DMing in messaging. Corona, how are you supposed to find anybody? Exactly. So. No, it's not. Don't be ashamed I mean, of I that. I was talking to one girl, and she seemed cool. She was like-minded, so I'm. I mean, I'm trying not to get you know too, too worked up about it. But mm-hmm. other than that, just standard working, going home, passing out, hoping for the best, trying to keep my life together. All right. You know, one that old chestnut. Forward. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's just dive in. Sorry for the lengthy talk, but not sorry. You know. Yeah. It, it is what it is. It's yeah. one of those episodes. Yeah. But recap for chapter nine. What happened last chapter? So last chapter, Percy gets called to the big house. Dionysus pretty much threatens him to become a bottlenose dolphin because it'd be better than what Chiron has in store for him. Mm. Chiron's like, hey, yo, we've got a problem. 
do you accept a quest? Person's like, what are you talking about? He's like, you're gonna have to, gonna have to do some things for us. And he's like, exactly. And he's like, somebody kind of stole Zeus's master boat. And Percy's like, what are you talking about? Who would do that? Who could do that? And Cameron's like, ah, you, my boy. Or at least that's what Zeus thinks. Mm. So Percy go accepts the quest, sees the oracle. The oracle's green mist tickles his brain with some words of prophecy, and uh, he accepts the quest and. They leave, they start going, getting ready that day to leave for the quest. All right. That was sweet and simple. Yeah. All right. All right. It's almost like I practiced it. (laughs) (laughs) Did you practice it? I actually didn't, but. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So now we're going to do our chapter summary for chapter 10. I ruined a perfectly good bus. And for those of you that have read the book, you know where we're at. And for those that haven't, then. Welcome. Welcome. Hi. Hello. All right, so in chapter 10, right off the bat, Percy begins to pack for his quest. It doesn't take him long to pack, though, because he doesn't really have anything. Like, he only has a horn. Yeah. Is he bringing the horn? Hell no. He's not bringing that. (laughs) And, you know, gives him room to only pack extra change of clothes and a toothbrush into a backpack that Grover gave him. Because the boy has nothing of his own. No, no, he doesn't. The camp store (laughs) loans Percy $100 in mortal money, as the book says. Do you think that's the most he's ever had at one time in his possession? Hell yes. The kid kid has a very shitty stepfather. He's got nothing. That stole whatever change he had. Yeah, it was like $1.75. Yo. (laughs) And his mom was working various jobs. You know what? You know what? Yeah, we've already talked about it. Yes. And drachmas in the book are described as being as big as girl Girl Scout cookies and has images of various gods stamped, stamped on one side and the Empire State Building on the other. Hey, hey, hey. Chiron tells him, tells Percy that, you know, in ancient Greece time, mortals used drachmas, but they were silver. Yeah. And, but like, Olympians will never use nothing less than pure gold. So, you already know. You yeah. want to get anywhere in Olympus or anywhere, you want to get any transaction, use golden drachmas. I have a Rolex. I don't I don't have a Rolex. <laughs> but, like, I wonder. <laughs> Chiron also gave both Percy and Annabeth a canteen of nectar and a Ziploc bag of ambrosia bar or slash squares. I don't know. This says squares, but I'm, I'm thinking they're bars, like, Lemon bars. Oh, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> In case of an emergency, he also reminds them that God food, quote, end quote, um, you can't see me, but I'm using air quotes, um, can heal almost any injuries, but it's dangerous for mortals. Too much of it for a half-blood can make them very feverish. Like, I'm thinking sick, right? Yeah, probably, like, literally, like, a hot flash is what I'm imagining. All right, and overdose, they literally combust in flames. Into flames. Are they like a phoenix? Would they would they rise? From I the... don't think they're gonna rise no. from the ashes. Oh, bye. They're gonna end up in the underworld. Oh. But I hey. Mean... So as they're all getting ready, like Annabeth is bringing her magic Yankees hat, which was her twelve-year-old birthday gift from her mom, <laughs> and a famous classical architectural book in, that is literally in ancient Greek. Cool. And in the book, it's like for her to read and guess she gets bored. I'm like, Jesus 
Right. <laughs> like, you gotta... Oof. She has her own little fandoms that she's a part of. Hello. And she also brought a long bronze knife hidden in her sh- in her um, sleeve shirt. Badass bitch. Yeah, right? Yes, even bitch. Grover like got his fake pants and shoes on like in his little green Rasta-style cap to cover his little baby horns from the rain. Um, his bright orange backpack filled with scrap metals and apples and his set of repipes. That his dad made for him, but only knows two songs. You, you want me to tell the song? I know what songs it is because honestly, I was waiting for you to it's, get to this part. It's Mozart Piano Concerto Number Twelve and Hilary Duff's "So Yesterday." So what? What is Hilary Duff "So Yesterday"? Um, so yesterday, so yesterday. Haven't you heard that I'm gonna be okay? You never heard that song? What the hell? That's the song. Okay. It's a pop song. Honestly, though, I'm going to start, because it always talks about the songs that Grover knows. Uh-huh. So I'm starting a list for all the songs that Grover can can play on his reed pipes. Oh, because he does progress. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Well, I mean, he played horribly. He played really bad. He couldn't well, even... I mean, this is book one, though. Yeah. So... <laughs> He's got to level up. So they waved goodbye to the other campers and gave one last look at the strawberry field, the ocean, the big house, and hiked their asses up to Half Blood Hill. To the tall pine tree that is Thalia. You know? Was. You know, was <laughs> Thalia, the daughter of Zeus, and you know, aka Oops. I couldn't have saved my daughter because I am a literal god, but here's a fucking tree instead. <laughs> I swear to God, like, every time they mention that tree, it's like, oh, that was the biggest gift Zeus ever gave us. You could have turned her back to, you could have given her life. Right. You are a literal god. Yeah. You're the kings of gods. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, yo. I just, that section right there pisses me off. I'm like, you could have saved her. No. And she was inches before death before you even L- turned Lucas, her. Lucas, look, gods can't interfere. But it's okay for you to... Ra- <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Um, Chiron was waiting for them in their w- in wheelchair mode. You know, I don't know why at this point. I mean, after, I feel like after you reveal yourself as a centaur... Is he past the boundary line? No. Not yet. They're maybe, still... Maybe they're still... He... They're literally just reached up where Thalia's Ta- tree is at. Maybe if he goes past the boundary line, if, like, cars drive by or something, he doesn't want to be like... Let me read Hey, on. it's a horseman. <laughs> Next to Chiron was the surfer dude. The same one that he- um, Harry. <laughs> Percy had seen in the sick room when he was getting recovered. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he was recovering, Grover tells him that the surfer dude is the head of security and has eyes all over him. Ugh. <laughs> so, so he couldn't be surprised. But today, he had his so- chauffeur uniform. Chiron was like... This is Argus. He will drive you into the city and keep an eye on you. <laughs> I felt like that was a funny. I was like, it just didn't land. And it's I'm like, like one right. of my jokes. Your joke's a little bit better. Thank you. No, no. Thank you. Because Jesus. <laughs> and what's funny about this right now is because here we are introduced for the first time Argus. And it's now time for the mythology Chicka chicka breakdown. <gasps> I like that one. All right. Are we? We could change. You want to change it up every time? I'm down. Yeah. I'm down. So, what's Argus? Argus. 
Okay, so... In Greek mythology. In this version that I'm going to tell you, later on I actually just read a part, uh, Rick Riordan uses a version, they talk about it in Heroes of Olympus, The Lost Hero, where Hera creates Argus, but in this version that I found, the sources that I have, Argus is described as a 10-foot giant, mm. like actually a giant, yeah, having 100 eyes all over his body, including inside of his mouth, so, I mean... Any food that he eats is seafood. <laughs> oh my god. So <laughs> Go ahead. So he's the son of Arrestor and possibly either Gaia or Mycenae, but definitely Arrestor. It's either Gaia or Mycenae, but definitely the son of Arrestor. Okay. He wielded a long wooden club that had iron spikes, and fun fact. When I was a kid, my mom had a pool cue and she screwed screws into it and nails. And that was like our, our home defense. All right. Yeah. So I, uh, I see what he's going for. So he was a giant, but he took no part in his siblings attempt to overthrow the Olympians with his giant brethren in an uprising known as the Gigantomachy, Ooh, which took we'll, place. We'll get into that. Yeah. Which took place sometime after the Titanomachy. Yes. He once defeated the mother of all monsters, Echidna, just to prove himself worthy to serve Hera because he wanted to, you know, he he loved Hera, in love with her, and he wanted to serve her, but she's like, you're a giant, your people just tried to take over, you got to do something first. Exactly. So he defeated Echidna. He ended up becoming a servant of Hera, and his chief duty in mythology ended up being the cause of his death. Argus was to watch over a cow that was gifted to Hera by Zeus. Now, originally... Oh, we know that story. We know this story. Poor, so, poor cow. So, this cow <laughs> was originally a nymph by the name of Io, who was formerly human, but right before Hera caught Zeus cheating on her with Io, not by Io's choice, consent is important. For real. Zeus turned her into a cow to get himself off the hook for adultery. For basically being a bastard and cheating. Yeah, so Harrow's coming down, he's like, cow! And then she turned into a cow. And she's like, what? Um, uh, so Hera sees this cow and is like, oh, that's a beautiful cow. So that's your cow, huh? Yeah. That, that's, so that's your like, cow? This is totally just a cow I'm checking out. Just, so just, that's your cow? Yeah, that's my cow. Mm, okay, bitch. Yeah. That's your cow? That's my cow. She's Argus! Like, she's like, <laughs> it would be nice if I had that cow. Can you just give it to me? It's a beautiful cow. And Zeus is like, well, I know if I say no, she's going to think something's up. So enjoy your cow, I guess. And, he to, and then the thing is, in the story, like, I imagine their expression. Like, he probably had to sit there like, yeah. oh, sorry, Io. Yeah, it's like, bye. Best of luck to you. Io, I a, salute you. And Io as a cow, like, moo, bitch? What? <laughs> like, moo? You just turned me into a fucking cow. <laughs> so... Hera gets Argus and has Argus constantly vigilant because none of his eyes are closed mm -hmm. ever. Like, I mean, one at a time, probably. But they like, if half of his body is shut down, the other half opens. Like, he's yeah. always constantly, constantly on watch. Constantly watching. So Argus is set to watch over Io to make sure that nobody yeah. comes for her. And at one point, it's really sad, Io comes in contact with her family. Her family comes looking for her, and they find this cow, and her dad's like, that's a beautiful cow. Io, where are you? Io, or cow, leave me alone. Io. So she's, like, trying to get his attention 
So finally, she actually, I mean, luckily it's a short name, with her hooves in the sand, she writes her name. Mm. And he's like, oh my God, what happened to you? But Argus sees all this happening and drags Io away. Because it's his duty. And he drags her away from her family and drags her but away. You know, what, you know what's sad about that story? Is the underlying. Because Hera knew why. Oh, yeah. Hera, Hera knows. knew. Zeus knows. Hera knew. She was like, oh, so we're going to watch this cow because this is my cow now, right? Yeah. Argus. Yeah. I need you to watch this special cow. <laughs> so Argus dragged her away and he ended up sat, sitting up atop a hill where he could see everything. Had the lay mm-hmm. of the land. Mm-hmm. So eventually Zeus is like, okay, I got to do something because he's sat, you know, complacent for so long. And he's like, Hermes, do me a favor. Go take care of Argus. So Hermes goes down. And Hermes is a trickster god. Yeah, he's a true ride or die. Yeah, Yeah, so (laughs) he starts talking to Argus. And he starts telling him story after story after story after story after story. And slowly, using a little bit of his powers, all of his eyes start closing one by one. And eventually, Hermes tells so many stories and lulls him to sleep that all of his eyes close. He bored him? He bored him to death, yeah. Wow. Which is when Hermes beheaded him. Oh. What a twist. I did not expect that. Yeah. <laughs> so Hermes... Wait, he Herm- actually beheaded Argus? Yeah, he beheaded him. This... Wow. I didn't... Now, Hera sees this, and Hera was... You know, Hera loved Argus as well. He was a dedicated servant. So what she ended up doing was taking his eyes, in honor, honor of Argus, all of his eyes, and putting them on her sacred animal... The peacock. And when a peacock, a little known fact, when a peacock sheds its feathers, more grow back in its place. So the constant vigil of Argus never ends. That's why when they when they flutter their feathers, like when they they spread their feathers, you see the little eyes. The eyes, yeah. And it's one of her, you know, sacred animals. Now the story of Io real quick isn't over. I'm just going to throw this out there real quick. She, she actually, (laughs) once she thinks she's free... Hera's like, oh, I'm not done, though. She sends a gadfly to go sting Io incessantly so that Io can never rest. Literally, stings her all the time if Io slows down. She's constantly running. As a cow, she's still a cow, okay? And she ran through a sea, which later became known as the Ionian Sea, in her honor. Hey. And then she through the Bosphorus where she ended up meeting Prometheus, the one who gave fire to mankind. Uh, And he told her that once she made it to Egypt, she would be returned to human form. And she, she made it to Egypt. She returned to human form. And she also, and he also told her that she would be an ancestress to one of the most powerful known heroes, Hercules. Hey. And that's, that's Argus and Io who are so, intertwined. Yeah, because when you talk about Argus, you you can't not talk about Io. And that's what I'm talking about. When it comes to monsters, a lot of times they're not the central figure. But they're so popular because the things they are involved with and how they bring their intricate part into the story. Exactly. So like even when we talk about later the Nemean lion, I'm going to have to talk a little or you're going to have to talk a little bit about Hercules. Or when they mention the Golden Fleece. Exactly. Hercules is a part of the Golden Fleece as well. Exactly. Or like... Or Jason. The sec- or, or when they talk about the Cyclops in the second book. Um, 
Polyphemus? Yes, you 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 have to talk about the Odyssey. You have to talk about Odysseus. Odysseus, that like, was one of the biggest trip. That's a, the biggest event that happens when exactly. he gets trapped with Odysseus. So I'm sorry that the the mythology breakdowns get a little bit longer sometimes, but like. You, you, they're so intertwined. Yeah, they so, really are. Back to the chapter. But back to the chapter. That was very good. Thank you. I enjoyed that. Argus was definitely an And you got one. two out of the price of one. I did, yeah. Yeah, you got Io and... And you never meet Io throughout the books that, I, that I'm that i aware no, of, so I know, it's not yeah. like... Or the same thing with Echo. Yeah. You know, you don't meet the, the nymphs because they're not part... Like, they're not... The protagonist. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So the, the the background actors get always singed. Yeah. But back to the chapter. So in the midst of all that, like, here comes Luke. He came up, running up the hill, holding a pair of shoes and was like, Hey, <laughs> glad I caught you. <laughs> Where Annabeth literally blushed like a little schoolgirl. Oh, God. And, you know, he tells Percy that he wants to say good luck. And he had something for him. He handed him a pair of... N- Normal looking sneakers. I'm thinking they're Converse's. That's what I'm thinking too. All right. And Percy's like, okay. Then Luke said, My Aya. And white bird wings sprout out. He drops the shoe because it scared the crap out of him. And then, you know, which flopped around and, you know, until the wings disappeared. So he smiled and it says, Those served thee well when I was on my quest. A gift from dad, of course. We don't use them these days. Sad. Sad. Didn't serve him well enough to not get that scar. Mm. Apparently, he never met his dad. So he said he met him once. Oh no, no. Oh, no, not no. according to the movies. No. Mm. But in the second film, apparently they had like a. Uh, 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 whatever. We're not whatever. Gonna... <laughs> um, Percy didn't know what to say. At first, he thought Luke would resent him or had resented him for paying so much for people paying so much attention to him in the last couple of days, but. Luke here, but here was Luke. Like, came to say goodbye, came to say good luck, giving Percy gifts. Such a good guy. Making Percy blush just like Annabeth was. I think Aww. a little bit more than Annabeth because I'm like, God damn. It's headcanon that Percy is bi. Hello. <laughs> Looking uncomfortably, like, Luke tells Percy or told Percy that a lot of people are riding on him, so, you know, no, no, no tough feelings, but go kill some monsters for him. I'm like, okay, cool. Thank you, man. Thank Aww. you very much. Aww. And then Luke shook Percy's hand, patted Grover in the head. I don't know why. I find that very disrespectful. I mean, maybe... Seder or not Seder, shake my goddamn hand. <laughs> and gave Annabeth a goodbye hug, who literally was about to pass out from the body contact. I, I can't handle her. After Luke left, Percy was like, yo... You're hyperventilating. <laughs> and she's like, no, no. <laughs> and, you know, she had a conniption boobala. Yeah. So she was like, ah, 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 you know, ah, ah. like, uh, not you. Ah. Like, whatever, girl. You're drooling a little bit. Right. <laughs> so feeling salty, she stumped down the hill and was where, where the van was, the SUV. And she was like, I'm waiting over here. Fuck Percy. Mm. Percy picks up the flying shoes, but then had a sudden bad feeling and basically said to Chiron, I was like, I won't be able to use them, won't I? He basically says, like, it wouldn't be wise for Percy, the son of the sea god, that is also being accused at, for stealing Susan Thunderbolt to be riding around the sky 
wearing those type of shoes. He's gonna get singed off the fucking. No, according to the movie, they can just fly anywhere. Oh, okay, yeah, well. Yeah. What do I know, right? Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> but then at the same time, I think he's just like, damn, you know what? You're right. You're right. Dan has an idea. And go ask Grover, like, yo, you want some magic items? Grover obviously never had one, so he was like, oh my god, yes, thank you. <laughs> and he gave his best friend flying shoes. And he yelled, media, media? Maya. Maya. Yeah. <laughs> and it was sad because they all had to witness Grover getting dragged through the grass <laughs> and up and down the hill. And you know what's funny? Because in the book, Kyron's like, practice. <laughs> It takes practice, Grover. Like as he's getting dragged through all the throughout the grass, but whatever. Like nobody's gonna catch him. Percy tried to follow him, but that's when Chiron gripped his arm and and was like, you know, I should have trained you better. I should have had like we had no time. I should have trained you. You and, mean during all that time you're condescending to him about knowing stuff that he's and no supposed to know but stuff? nobody told him? Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So he's yeah, like, sure. he, he, he says in the book that he wished that he had more time like he had were Hercules and Jason. We're talking about Hercules, like Hercules, Hercules, and Jason as in Jason and the Giant Fleece. <laughs> Jason and the Golden Fleece. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Jason and the Giant Please. Either way, <laughs> either way, Percy's like, you know, man, it's okay. He was going to say that he wished his dad had given him a magic item like Luke's flying shoes or Annabeth's invisible cap or something like that, but he didn't want to sound like a brat. Then Kyron was like, oh, I almost forgot. Adios mio. <laughs> Can't let you get away with without this. And then pulls out the pen, a pen, and hands it to Percy. Where he was like, gee, thanks, man. A pen? Thank you. And then Chiron tells him, like, bro, that pen is a gift from your dad. Which Chiron kept for years, you know, not knowing who Percy was and if Percy was the the one person he was supposed to be looking for. But to him, the prophecy was right. And Percy is the one. And we don't know what that one is because the prophecy is not told to him yet. Yeah. One ring to rule them all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's when Percy then remembers the field trip to the the Metropolitan Museum, disintegrate the disintegration of Mrs. Dots and the pen that Chiron had thrown him to defend himself. And then Percy's like, "Can this be the same pen?" But sure enough, like it was. Yeah. He uncapped the pen, and then you know the pen turned into the sword. And in the book. The sword is described as being a shimmering bronze sword with a double-edged blade, a leather grip, and a hilt with gold studded studs. That's when, like, Chiron was like, oh, it's called Anaclusmos. Yeah, Anaclusmos. Oh, I said it right. Yeah. A.K.A. Reptile. And he also tells Percy that only use it for an emergencies. I mean, like, the minute they step outside, it's every day an emergency, but whatever. Um, the sword, and he also tells them, like, the sword only kills monsters. Anything, anything that comes from the underworld, basically. Almost kills anything like that. And no, no mortals, unless necessary. 
And that's when Percy's like, what you mean no more of those? Like, what you talking about, Willie? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's like, how could, it, how could it not? Like, look at this blade. Like, what do you mean? So Chiron basically was like, look, the sword is celestial bronze, and it was forged by the Cyclopes at Mount Etna and cooled in the river Lath? Lath. Lath? Okay, cool. It's deadly to monsters or any creatures from the underworld, and but the sword will pass through mortals like an illusion. Chiron also warns him that since he is half-blood, both Celestials and normal weapons can kill him. Double fucked up, you know? Yeah, that's great. That's very good. As if being a demigod isn't dangerous enough. Okay. Then Chiron tells Percy to recap the pen, and when he touches the cap with the tip of the sword, instantly Riptide shrinks back into a pen again. And a little nervous because he's always losing pens. He stays losing pens. He said it in the book, like... I lost a lot of pens back at school, so I don't know how this is going to solve me. And then Chiron, like, reading Percy's mind, he's like, yo, you can't. And Percy's like, what? What are you talking about? He's like, you you will never lose it. Try me. Go ahead. Throw it. And he does. And sure enough, it appears back. So after chucking it and waiting a moment, boom. The pen reappears in his pocket, and even Percy's like, okay, okay, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. And then asks Chiron if mortals would see him pull out the sword. And Chiron's like, you know what? The mist is a powerful thing, Percy. <laughs> and then, you know, I'm going to read from from the chapter in page 155. And it says in the book, yes, read the Iliad. It's full of references to the stuff. Whenever divine or monstrous elements mix with the mortal world, they generate mists which obscure the vision of humans. You will see things just as they are, being half-blood, but humans will interpret things quite differently. Remarkable, really. The lengths to which humans will go to fit things into the version of reality. <laughs> so, and so for the first time, after Chiron says that, the quest felt real to Percy, and I'm talking about no adult supervision, no backup plan, no cell phone, into which Chiron says, you know, there's a reason why no electronics, because they're being, I guess, them being half-bloods makes, it amplifies their their aura more when technology. I don't think, it, I think it, like, you don't get much more of, like, a scientific explanation of yeah. like using it sends up a flare yeah basically it's like the equivalent of sending us of, of like it's the equivalent of sending like a flare to like to monsters yeah yeah, yeah. okay that was weird but yeah. they apparently half plus cannot use technology because it will i guess pinpoint their location mm-hmm. like echo location suddenly percy axes chiron and i'm gonna rip it from the book that when he says gods are immortal, was there a time before the gods? Chiron responds like four ages before them, actually. The time of the Titans was was the fourth age, also known as the Golden Age, and that actually is a real thing. Yeah. And this, the time of the Western civilization and the rule of Zeus, is the fifth age. And then Percy's like, okay, so what was it like before the gods? And Chiron responds like, bro, I'm not that old. Even I don't know that. I mean, but he kind of sort of is because he is a son of Kronos. But it might have been like... Like Aphrodite? Yeah, like during the war. Gotcha. 
Gotcha. And then, but then tells Percy, like, there was a time of darkness and savagery for mortals that Kronos, the Lord, mind you, is Kronos here, but in reality, it's Kronos. Yeah. Last... I think it's like the Roman. Um... Yeah, because there's a U before the S. There's, it's K. Mind you, some people spell it with a C. It's spelled like four different ways. Yes, but the one that we I, I commonly see is the, the the C R O N U S. Yeah, I've seen that before too. Yeah, so Kronos, with the Percy Jackson. Don't blame us. Blame Rick Riordan. Um, so Kronos, the the Lord of the Titan, called his reign the Golden Age because humans were knowledge free and they basically did not give a crap. They were. They thought themselves to be more superior. They're gods. I mean, yeah. they're not like the Olympians that their their love for humans grew and stuff like that. They were like, no, we're above them. We don't mate with such animals. Yeah. And that the Titan King gave, he didn't give a crap about basically what I just said. Like, yeah. Chiron did, tells Percy, like, you know, don't get that twisted. He did, he gave no fucks for humans. He find us disgusting. Yeah. So Chiron also explains to him that it wasn't until Suze's early reign that Prometheus which you talked about in your in your thing yeah was the good titan that gave fire to mankind and you know Zeus punished Prometheus and then but eventually like got warm like all the gods of the Olympians warmed up to the humans and that's when western civilization began yeah so I'm like oh okay <laughs> I mean, good version of it yeah I mean kind of rose colored glasses but alright but he continues to answer Percy's questions like but Percy was like, but gods can't die, right? Since Western civilization is alive, so are they, right? So even if I fail, nothing too bad can't happen that messes everything up, right? And Chiron's like, first of all, no one knows how long Western, civil- Western civilization is going to last. Second, yes, the gods are immortal, but so are the titans. Mind you, they they are locked away in their in their prisons, and they're all serving like their ongoing endless pain and punishment. But maximum security prisons. Mm-hmm. But they are very much alive, you know. So basically, Chiron tells Percy like, "All we can do at this point is just follow our destiny," and then Percy's like, "Yeah," like assuming we all know what it is. <laughs> and then Chiron's like, "Yo, relax," and he's like, "I am relaxed. Like, <laughs> chill out yourself." At the bottom of the hill, Percy looks up at the pine tree that is Dahlia. And then, you know, Chiron is standing there with his bow ready in the salute, which it sounds legit. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting send-off. You know, and they were off. You know, and then that's it. They got into the van, and they were off. So, as Argus drives them into western Long Island to Percy, after being in Camp Half-Flood for two weeks... The real world felt like a fantasy to him. Like, he was staring at every McDonald's he saw. Every child (laughs) in their parents' car, he stared at every billboard, every shopping mall, and was like, wow, this is so surreal right now. Um, Then tells Annabeth, like, you know what? Yeah, so far so good, right? Like, you know, no monsters. (laughs) Where she replies, looking irritated, and I quote, it's bad luck to talk like that, CB brain. And then that's when Percy's like, okay, so remind me again why you hate me. And she was like, I don't hate you. I was like, yo, you could have fooled me. Right, like, like the you've way been you've been very him. salty. 
even before he got claimed. When he arrived to camp, like, what? Right. Whatever. And I'm going to read from the book once again because I, I found this section a little interesting on page 157, like the very end, like the last paragraph. And in, in this section in the book, it says, She folded her cap of invisibility. Look, we're just not supposed to get along, okay? Our parents are rival rivals. Why? She sighs. How many reasons do you want? One time, my mom caught Poseidon with his girlfriend at in Athena's temple, which is not really what happened. But <laughs> We'll talk about that. Yeah. Poor, poor woman. Um, which is huge, which is hugely disrespectful. Another time, Athena and Poseidon competed to be the patron god for the city of Athens. Your dad created some stupid saltwater springs for his gift. My mom created the, the olive tree. The people saw that her gift was better, so they named the city after her. And it's funny because Percy takes this time to joke once again. He's like, wow, they really must like olives. And she's like, you know what? Forget it, Percy. <laughs> and then he's like, now, if they invent, if she invented pizza, that could be interesting. I could be basically saying, like, I could understand. Yeah. And she's like, I said forget it, bro. <laughs> and, you know, that's the end of my chapter. And... It was a little lengthy, but... It was a lot of it's exposition. A, it's, a, it's a special episode today. Yeah, this is going to be a little longer because we weren't going any further without talking about Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, yeah, and we're we're classic nerds, you oh, know. Yeah. So, what did you we, think? Won't, we what, won't apologize for that. No, not at all. Not, not Once, not never. What did you think about your... my problem. <laughs> what did you think you're part of the chapter? It, once again, it was chock full of lore. Yeah. But it's, it speaks in volumes because, one, it... It tells you a brief story of Kronos. Mm-hmm. And once again, goes back to the Titanomachy. How during his reign, they did not respect, they did things differently. Yeah. You know, and in Greek mythology, the story of the Titanomachy is supposed to signify the the difference between the old generation and the new generation with the Titans and the, and the Olympian gods. Mm-hmm. And they keep referencing that section uh, every time. Yeah. Every time they tell me something about the old days and stuff like that. And what I found interesting too about my chapter was, you know, that little section when Annabelle's talking about why her mom and Percy's dad cannot get along or uh-huh. doesn't get along. Yeah. Which is, we will cover that. And there's a reason why. Yeah. There is a version that Rick Riordan goes with. And we are going to talk about that version. But there's also a version that is it's different more, than what they use very in the dark, yeah. Very dark. Very yeah. dark. But um, what happens afterwards? All right. First of all, I have to say, uh, I agree with Percy. Pizza would have been better. I would I would have loved pizza. You know? But I digest. I digest pizza. Okay. Um, <laughs> so Argus drops them off at the Greyhound station and they make it there, and the first thing Percy sees when he gets out is a flyer with his picture on it saying, have you seen this boy? And he's like, yoink, rips that shit right off. Matt and crumbles it up. He's like, oh no, we're oh, not yeah, gonna no. start this quest like this. But, hey, y'all about to do this road trip across, literally across the country. It might be possibly complicate things if you're a missing person slash person of interest in your mom's disappearance mm. wouldn't you think mm. i mean he knows about the article probably might want to share that with 
the people that you're on the quest across the literal country with that you mm. can't you can't fly. But if you if, if that doesn't help you, then you could use um spray mist. Don't don't by Chanel. No, <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Uh, so, but Percy moves on real quick and realizes that he's not far from his old apartment again, just like when he was outside the museum, he starts thinking about like his mom, how she'd be home from work by now. Mm -hmm. And you know, he starts, he says even that smelly Gabe probably isn't even missing her, but like, Hey, he's not going to go out and buy a punching bag. He's just going to wait for his to come home. Ouch. Yeah. Damn. I've got some feelings about this part of the chapter and we're not even there yet. So Grover kind of interrupts and is like, Yo, BT Dubs, uh, I can read emotions, but I know what's on your mind. And let me yeet this information into your brain. Your mom married Gabe for you. For you, Percy. And you call him smelly, but damn. He smells like a horrendous mortal. And I'm going to read. Is it because, like, satyrs, their smell or their, their sniff? Their sense is, like, more amplified. Yeah, and he's wow. like, he even says, like, he can smell him from there and that, like, traces of Gabe are still on Percy. So I'm going to read from Oof. the chapter, page 159. Uh, you should be grateful, Percy. Your stepfather smells so repulsively human, he could mask the presence of any demigod. As soon as I took a whiff inside his Camaro, I knew. Gabe has been covering your scent for years. If you hadn't lived with him every summer, you probably would have been found by monsters a long time ago. Your mom stayed with him to protect you. She was a smart lady. She must have loved you a lot to put up with that guy, if that makes you feel any better. Damn. Here's my soapbox. Damn. Go fuck yourself, Grover. Why? Right now. The first sentence, you should be grateful, Percy. You should be grateful that your mother kept you and herself in an abusive situation. Literally abusive. I've never been... In an abusive situation. I've never been in a physically abusive situation. And I'm not a parent. But I know when it comes down to it, I know this has like lore and this is make-believe and this is a book and stuff like that. But seriously, people, get yourself out. There are resources. There is no, <clears throat> there is no reason and no need for you to be in an abusive situation for you or your children. There are resources to reach out. Reach out to anybody. You're better than that and you deserve better. Percy doesn't have to be grateful that his mom kept him there. Well, yeah, maybe not grateful, but I think what Grover was trying to tell him, like, look, there's a reason why she is with him and she was with him. Yeah, but at the same time, you're just making excuses for... Sa like, Sa I love Sally. Don't get me wrong. I love Sally. She made a choice... But I'm saying it was a harmful choice. Because look at Percy. We've already talked about how he has self-esteem problems already. That is definitely a direct result of the abuse that he shared. Mm. Think about the way Gabe talks to him. You think he feels like crap about himself? Because... And he even said it on chapter two and one. Like, oh, this guy's about to beat me up. Like, he always does for Exactly. Money. Like, the guy literally is a literal bully. So, and he's an abuser. And there's no reason. You don't have to stay. Get yourself out of there. You deserve better. But I feel like if... Soapbox done. I feel like if he didn't... I mean, in, I, in Percy's circumstances... In Percy's circumstances... Sure. But there's still an option. There's mm. still an option. Sally chose not to take that option. Chose not to get him to Camp Half-Blood sooner. Oh, yeah. She was, she was the one that refused. She knew. 
she knew so about she put Poseidon. up with Gabe just to like be with Percy a little to longer. be with Percy a little but longer. But she also knew that because Gabe's scent is disgusting. Yeah, she's like, okay, it's enough to mask my child. And that's another thing. Grover says your stepfather smells so repulsively human, and I'm hoping that there's a distinguish, like there's something to distinguish between repulsively human and human because if repulsively human is what Gabe is, which is an abuser, an alcoholic, somebody who's a gambler and stuff like that, who's just such a terrible, disgusting person. That's not the type of human that I want to smell like. <laughs> I feel like it hits you way too hard. I'm sorry. Like, we're looking into these books now. Like, I'm like, and I was, I'm trying to hyper focus on certain topics. And just that you should be grateful, Percy. It really set me off. It put me in my feelings. And I didn't like that. You should not ever be grateful that someone keeps you in an abusive situation. I, I understand what Grover meant, but I, I'm with you. I feel like he yeah. could have just reword that better. But yes. hey, man. It's it's the lore. I understand. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I'm moving on. Stepping off my soapbox <laughs> at the same time. I mean, we have this platform. Yeah. So I'm going well to use it. So surprise, surprise, that actually didn't make Percy feel better. Mm. But he knew why he was on this quest, even if if he hadn't been up front with Grover and Annabeth. He didn't care about the bolt or saving the world. He didn't give two shits. Or the father that only claimed him so he could get a job done. He was in it to Ooh. smack the Hades out of Hades and get his mom back. Hello. That's why he's there. Hello. That's what he wants. So now... Time progresses. They're playing hacky sack, waiting for the bus to come. And they're playing it with an apple and Annabeth's like just owning it. Like she has mad hacky sack skills. And then Percy accidentally hits it too close to, uh, to Grover's mouth and he eats the core stem and everything in one bite. And Grover ate it? Yeah, the whole apple. Just by, goodbye to, his app, ha- to the hacky sack. Wow. And I kind of include this because it's like one of those things like when Harry's possessed by Voldemort and... Uh, he has all those happy memories. This I feel like this would be one of those happy memories for <laughs> for Percy when it's just like him and Annabeth just chilling and having a good time in Grover. So as they're getting on the bus, though, so the bus comes, they're getting on the bus, and Grover's goat senses start tingling. Mm. And But he decides that maybe it's nothing, and they end up boarding the bus. Spoiler alert. It's never nothing. Never nothing. Mm. True to the theme of Percy's life, everybody else boards, and then the last people to board, an old lady with black eyes boards, followed by two identical old women. And the first one with the black eyes was Mrs. Dodds, his old pre-algebra teacher. And Percy leans into Annabeth and is like, I thought you said they could be dispelled for a lifetime, to which Annabeth replies, I said if you're lucky. You're obviously not. And I think we're Well, gonna... damn, you really, yeah. like, you let him know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the three of them go to assess their situation, and they're like, they find that they're pretty much screwed. There's no way out, and they're facing all three of the Furies. Like, their quest didn't even start yet. This is literally the same day Percy even received the prophecy. Yo, like, they, the minute they landed in New York, they were like, oh... Never mind. Yeah, literally. They didn't even... <laughs> they literally just got on the bus. So Percy's hoping that, you know, they won't be attacked with a bus full of mortal witnesses, but 
Annabeth's not so sure. I mean, look at his luck thus far. So they end up hitting the Lincoln Tunnel and it goes dark. It's just the lights inside the tunnel. And true to female fashion, because uh, all three Furies decide they have to use the bathroom at the same time. Uh, and girls travel in packs for safety. Boom. So just throwing that out there. Just then, Annabeth has a brain blast. <laughs> oh yeah, I waited for that one to land. She's like, take my hat, the Yankees cap of mm -hmm. invisibility, sneak past, get to the front, and get away. They're here for you, so they might not even care about us. So Percy's like, like tries to argue, but he ends up doing it anyway, because, you know, cue to the future in their relationship. That's just going to be how it goes anyway. Dumb. <laughs> and uh, starts sneaking up past the Furies and makes it to the front of the bus when he hears noises from the back and he turns around and the Furies were there in their true hag body forms, eyes bleeding, even though that's not the version, uh, but they're holding fiery whips, yelling at Grover and Annabeth, where is it? Where? But Annabeth's like, he's gone. And the Furies are about to attack his friends. So Percy does what any sane 12 year old would do. He invisibly grabs the wheel and pulls it so everyone would fly off balance. Just jerks it to the side. Oh, damn. So Percy says him and the driver struggled for the wheel before the driver found an exit. And I quote, ended up barreling down one of those New Jersey rural roads where you can't believe there's so much nothing right across the river from New York. Now, I have a problem with this. Uh-huh. Because I Google Maps it. Did you? Yeah. I looked at the Lincoln Tunnel. Uh-huh. And right across, right outside of the Lincoln Tunnel, you go into Union City. Mm -hmm. There's no woods. <laughs> the Hudson River is right there, but there's no woods. The only thing that could be close is the Hamilton Park. And that is the site between the famous duel between Aaron Burr and Hamilton. Also hey. where his son died at Weehawken. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So... <laughs> there's really no woods there. There's literally non-existent woods. The woods aren't there. Okay. So I don't know what Rick Riordan is. So I looked at, I zoomed out. I was like, what exit could this possibly be? There's no woods. Well, it depends. You know, when when were these books remained? Because, you know, like New York and any other state, stuff keeps changing. Yeah, but there's literally, it's a city there and it's just a park. Like, literally, I can show you on the Google Maps. It's literally just roads. To Damn. even get there, you have to go around like a whole like circle just to get to any woods park. <laughs> so, there's non-existent woods to the left and the Hudson River to the right, and the bus driver is heading for the river. So, Percy's next great idea is to hit the emergency brake, and the bus comes to a screeching halt, spins around in a circle, and all the mortals literally flee for their lives like get the hell out of there meanwhile the furies are back in action they're back they regain their balance and they're attacking grover and annabeth so percy's like i can't leave them i gotta do something so he takes off the invisibility cap and the furies see him and they start creeping up the aisle mrs dodd's right down the center of the aisle and the two other furies crawling across the top of the chairs towards him and let me tell you something if they, I really hope that they put this in the show, because this is a scene that I want to see. Like, can you imagine how creepy that would be? Like, you can make that look really awesome. Like a dark bus with them creeping along the top of the seats. Yo, 
That would be Walking really all cool. ominously slowly down the aisle. Oh my god. Well, Mrs. Dodds is just like with her fiery whip like, and stuff Percy like that. Percy S. Jackson! Yeah. Yo. So, they talk smack to each other, but words seem to fade when Percy unsheathes, or rather uncaps, mm. and includes most. Hey. Yeah, because... A.K.A. Riptide. Yeah, because she's been dusted like a vampire from Buffy <laughs> by that sword before. She knows what it feels like. So she threatens him, but he doesn't back down. And Mrs. Dodds then lashes her whip, and it wraps around his sword hand. And I'm going to read from page 166. My hand felt like it was wrapped in molten lead, but I managed not to drop Riptide. I struck the fury on the left with its hilt, sending her toppling backward into a seat. I turned and sliced the fury on the right. As soon as the blade connected with her neck, she screamed and exploded into dust. Annabeth got Mrs. Dodds in a wrestler hold and yanked her backward while Grover ripped the whip out of her hands. Ow, he yelled. Ow, hot, hot. The fury I'd hilt slammed came at me again, talons ready, but I swung Riptide and she broke open like a pinata. Mrs. Dodds was trying to get Annabeth off her back. She kicked, clawed, hissed, and bit, but Annabeth held on while Grover got Mrs. Dodds' legs tied up in, his, in her own whip. Finally, they both shoved her backward into the aisle. Mrs. Dodds tried to get up, but she didn't have room to flap her bat wings, so she kept falling down. So, the Fury gets frustrated, saying that both Hades and Zeus would destroy him. But Percy channels his inner Bart Simpson and says, Baracas mias vesemini. Which translates to, and I looked it up to make sure, eat my pants. Hello. Yeah. But just then, thunder booms overhead. Percy's hair on the back of his neck rises, and Annabeth yells for them to get out of the bus. And they make it out, but they had left their bags behind. Damn. It's, it's too late. All that shit that they brought, lightning strikes the bus, making it explode, but it doesn't kill the Furies inside and they're calling for reinforcements so they run into the non-existent woods after a tourist snaps a photo of percy and the chapter ends yo that's a great first day yo like not even a first day a great first two hours yeah like they get the quest they pack they leave they get attacked by furies that is insane that is insane and you know what I didn't catch that the first time I read that. Zeus has been blasting at them all the in, the, the entirety of the first book. He, he's the one that freaking sent their car off the road running away from the Minotaur. Oh, he blew the roof off, too. Oh, yeah. Damn. That was sweet. That was sweet. Oh, and, like, I like that you do that because I started doing that to you. I can't and I won't break down fight sequences. Yeah, I will I read can. it from the chapter. Yeah. It's it's not saying that we could do it. It's just it's unnecessary. Yeah. I find it unnecessary. I think you do too. Like it's just why? Just read it from the chapter. People get a better sense. Yeah, and it's like I can't I can't summarize a fight like that. That's like mm. action like Yeah, how do you summarize something like that? Yeah, it, I don't know. You sound you sound I sound like a, a kindergarten when I kind of summarize it. <laughs> then he punched and then she screamed and then she punched back and then she held him back. And then and a then, left and then a right. And then Grover came down with the whip and then just <laughs> tied her ankles together and then like, you know, rip tied it up, you know. Wait. He rip tied her ankles together. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> But it's a good chapter. It's a, yeah. and I liked it. Um, boom. Here it is. No more camp. From here on, they don't even return back to camp until the very end. Yeah. 
So this is it. After this, it's... It's literally on the road. Oh. On the road again. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry this is the second time you're hearing me sing. It's okay. It's okay. You can cut both of these out. No, I won't. Oh. So. <laughs> it's sad. Oh, man. That was, was a fun chapter. It really was. I liked how it ended. I, I'm noticing a, uh, a, uh, an unfortunate pattern that you get all the exposition and I get some of the action. Oh, yeah. For some, the beginning of the chapter, I get the lore section. Yeah. It's chock full of lords. <laughs> and I'm sitting there seven pages long like, how? I thought I condensed. <laughs> I thought I condensed. <laughs> but obviously I didn't. No. But I like it. It puts me head. I like reading. And it makes me visualize, see things that I missed before. Yeah. I enjoyed... The fight sequence, obviously. Yeah. The, the a little reference to Titanomachy again in the beginning of my chapter mm-hmm. and a little bit more backstory to Kronos. Yes. Which I enjoy. I know you do. I do. Yeah. I do. I Anything just... involving the Titanomachy. I, I don't know. It's that story. That story alone, it's one of my favorite Greek stories. It's literally one of my favorite Greek stories. It's where it all began, really. The... The Cyclopes. I mean, not really, but like... Yeah, you know, like cycl- the Cyclopes forging, forging everyone's weapon. Yeah. The the the, 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 the is helping them out. Even Prometheus and some Titans helping the, the, the Olympians out. Mm-hmm. And it goes to show you how strong the Titans literally was. It took 10 years for them to be brought down. Yeah. And it wasn't until the very end when Zeus is like, you know what, we need help. I'm going to go release the Cyclopes and the ta- and the Hecatonchiruses from Tartarus, and they're going to help us. Yeah. And because of him helping them, what, look, look, look what look they what did. Look what happened. The Cyclopes created Zeus's Thunderbolt, Poseidon's Trident, and Hades's, um... Helm of Invisibility. And I'm like, wow. Freaking wow. Bananas. Even the females were fighting. Yeah. Hera, Hestia, and Demeter were kicking ass. Yo. And that was the thing that was getting to me, too. I'm like, wow, there's no other story. <laughs> I mean, I, I do enjoy Jason and the Golden Fleece and the story of um, Arachne. And Odysseus's story. Oh, my God, and the Odyssey. Oh, oh the, the, the Odyssey. Odysseus, the yeah. Od- yeah. <laughs> Medusa's story, too. Oh, my God. Ne- uh, let me tell you, you thought I had a soapbox today. When I get to Medusa, I know I've been warning you, like, every once in a while, when I get to Medusa... History, mythology did Medusa dirty, as Greek culture did to women in general. Like, the Greeks weren't great to women. It's not like women had but, rights then. But, but if you go back to the section I was I read earlier, when Annabeth says that we're not supposed to get along. Yeah. Like, we're supposed to be rivals. Right there, when she said, your dad dated, like, one of my mom's maidens or whatever. or She, did, she said... Uh, my mom caught Poseidon with one of his girlfriends in, in, re- her, in, in her temple. And in reality, low-key... No, no, no. Spoilers. Oh, we can't say it. I want to... Because it's literally, like, next chapter. Oh, okay. Then I'll just... I'll, I'll save it for next chapter. Yeah, then. we'll go next. Because it's like, wow, I forgot that. I, I didn't even know they mentioned that. Because there are different versions. It's... Mythology is handed down through oral tradition, so there's different versions of the story, and Rick Riordan used one version, and I'm going to tell you a different version. One that isn't victim blaming. Yeah. Sorry. Raw and unadulterated. Oh yeah, that's why we had to make this explicit. So. No, that's yeah, that's basically one of the main reasons why we had to turn the show explicit because we're adults. Yeah. We don't have children, and 
me personally, I am not confined to change my language just because someone chooses to have a child. And with no shape or form shaming anyone yeah. that I have children. But if you're going to do a, a podcast about your fandom, you're going to talk. The way you want to talk yeah. and not limit yourself. And But partially one of the main reasons why we made the show explicit is because of the Greek mythology that oh is behind my. it. It's The actual so... Greek mythology. Some of it is contains um strong language um blood blood murder gore, suicide sexual harassment baby side uh, infant side infant side murder like baby side better um skinning people like burning people alive oh my god cursing people just like <sighs> rape livers rape is a, is a central element kidnap kidnap to yo oh my god unfair and rulish petty punishments oh yeah so that's why I'm like, you know what? A bestiality. And bestiality. Literally everything that society tells you is... Immoral. Wrong. Not our president. He doesn't really care about that kind of stuff. But everything that society tells you is immoral, the Greek myths had it. Oh, they had it all. Yeah. Had it all. But, yeah. Yeah. So. Okay, so in this part of the section now, we're ready for our... Lightning bolt round. Oh, so we're still calling it lightning more round. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought we were spitballing ideas. No. Oh, so this is legit. Okay. All right. <laughs> so now it's time for the lightning ball round. All right. And do you have a question for me? I do. Yes. So my question is, yeah? you're in the same situation as Percy, Grover, and Annabeth. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Furies, the kindly ones, show up on the bus that you're taking to do... California. Okay. What do you do? They do not enter the bus. Mind you, Percy saw them. No, nobody saw them before they got on the bus. Grover's just, like, had, like, a sense that something was nearby. But he's like, no, I'm sure everything's all right. Ashley Flowers said it best. Be rude, be weird, stay Stay alive. alive. (laughs) Um, I would have got up. The minute... So he's like... There's a pertinent thing about um, satyrs. That's why they get to accompany a lot of half-bloods. They have different scents different sense of smells that they could pick up a lot of things. Yeah. Um, they notice things faster than other people. They sense things quicker. Supposedly. This is Grover. But in, like, this is just Grover because Grover is a, is a spaz in the first book. But he, he grows to his own. Yeah. But, hey, I'm not a, not listening to my damn satyr and a senior counselor that's next to me. And I think that's mainly why Percy gets into a lot of trouble. Because he don't... He's like, eh, What? Whatever. I'm gonna oh, do my a- own thing. He's like ADD, ADHD. Like that is not an excuse. I mean, I guess not. But like, I mean, <laughs> that I is not an excuse. But I mean, he trusted Grover. No, no. To answer your question, no, we're out of there. I would have been a delinquent. I would have been a delinquent and dead. I would have like, stopped the bus right now. They would have attacked you. There is no winning. That's why I'm asking. What would you? There's do? no winning. <laughs> then there's no pleasing you. No, I that my that's my answer. Okay. I would have ripped tied the hell out of that bus. Just like not even just I would have slashed and that's another thing when it rip tie basically cuts through anything, except mortals. Yeah. I would have cut the crap out of that side door of the bus. I would have sliced through that. We're out of there. We are out of there. That is my que- that is my answer. You know what? That's fair. We we'll you'll find a way if you really want to. And you're yeah. not regular humans. You're half bloods. Where we'll find a way out <laughs> before 
That's a good answer. Cutting, I really thought cutting you... through the back of the bus, yeah, that that's a better idea. Or cutting the Tuck windows, like tuck and roll. Yeah. Mind you, there's nobody at the bus. Oh no, wait, no. You're telling me... no, no, no. Oh, no, it was no. a full bus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because they left after like he swerved the bus. Yeah, yeah, you're right. No, yeah. My answer is that I will find a way to get out of there. Emergency brakes hit the emergency latch on the roof. Yeah. Use Grover as an insurance. Is there a roof latch? And. Yeah, it's it's I guess it's company law. Yeah. A lot of buses have to have one. So, School buses have a, to have that's one. That's a way out. Seating lunch, back lunch. You telling me none of them work? <laughs> Whatever. All right. How about you? Do you have uh do you have any lightning round questions? <sighs> yes. What is it? Okay. You, you don't seem Oh god. Oh, because god. I don't know if it's a question question, but it's I'm gonna, I'm It's I'm never gonna... a question for you. It's an no. opinion. Always. Yeah. Do you agree that Annabeth is entitled to be that salty or upset towards Percy when Percy doesn't even know anything? Absolutely not. Like? Absolutely not. Okay, let's say they had a fourth friend or your Grover. Yeah. Like, would you have stopped her? Like, yo, chill out, sis. Yeah, he's two weeks into demigoddom. <laughs> two weeks in. He, he barely probably passed his Latin exam. Like... He passed, but, like, probably barely. Yo. <laughs> no, she has no... Nobody has any... The treatment of Percy is one of my big sticking points. This read-through, like, I, I don't think in any of the other times, like, yeah, I got upset, but, like, I've never been this upset reading through about how Percy is actually treated and condescended to. And, like, how unfair... Like, I always had a problem. I always took issue with the way Annabeth treated Percy at first. I was like, girl, calm the hell down. You two didn't do anything. There's no reason to judge Percy for his father. Exactly. Literally, Percy's just blundering through, doing his best. A 12-year-old demigod just doing his best. And you're going to, like, come for his life? Yes, I agree with you. Now, a quick banter. I don't agree that Grower was being a dick by saying that, you know, you should be appreciative. Mind you, he could have worded better. But to me, I, I see why Sally did it. You know what I'm saying? I see why Sally did it. And, oh God. So, it wasn't like, you know oh, I'm going to put this kid in an abusive situation, you know, so I can protect him. I don't think she even knew what type of person Gabe was. Because no one really tells you who they are until, like, you get to know them. And sometimes, even after you marry them. So he probably showed his true colors after he married her. You know what I'm saying? But her love for her son was much more than her love for that guy. So I could see why she did it. She's like, he is not a regular kid. He is a demigod, so he's going to have to put up with this man because he needs to be alive. He has bigger things to fry, and I don't want my baby to get killed by monsters. You know what I'm saying? It sounds messed up, but I really feel like she had his best interest, and I don't think it was. He is abusive, and she could have done better as a mom. You know what I'm saying? Because... All right, fine. Let's say that he shows his real colors after they married. 
was I think uh, they do say that he was cool for like the first three seconds. Oh my god. Okay, let's say you 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 found out that he's a he's a dick and you married him and now, I feel like she should have, at least been like, Gabe, shut the fuck up. Don't talk to my son like that. You dirty piece of shit. Pick up your goddamn pizza stains off my couch. But we got what we got. But that's not Sally. No, no, no. That's, that's not, not Sally at all. That's not Sally as a person. We and need I, we need movie Sally. I get. I <laughs> I get the context that Rick Riordan wrote it in. I get that it was dangerous for Percy not to be shrouded by the smell of the disgusting human that is Gabe Ugliano. Yes. I get that. I really do. It doesn't matter to me. I'm sorry. It just does not. You think it was a selfish I move? mean, put, put it... Yes, absolutely. Put yourself in the situation. You have... Say your sister is in a situation, okay... She's in a situation with her child. Say she has a child. You have a nephew, okay? She's with an abusive person. She's like, no, I have to stay. Like, he, he changes. He's good. He'll pr- he promises he'll change. He'll do better. But he keeps beating the shit out of your sister. And possibly your nephew. You don't know. You don't know for sure. But he's the one that makes the money because he controls the situation. She can't leave. Do you tell her... So, like, she has to raise a son. He's giving her the money to raise son. A little bit of money. Do you tell her to stay? Do you do you understand, like, oh, no, I understand you're just protecting your son. No, no, obviously no. That's the situation. But in it's a different, different. I understand it's different, but it's not like there are not oh, other so options. Ab- abuse is still abuse regardless. Abuse is abuse, and nobody should have to be subjected to that. All right. And that, guys, I'm not against abuse. Any violence against women, it's unacceptable. And not just women, any violence against... Anybody. Anybody. It doesn't have to... For for me, especially children, you hurt a child, you do not have access to live on this earth any longer. Anybody can be abusive. Mm-hmm. And there's different types of abuse. Verbal, spiritual. Emotional. Emotional. So, it's not just always physical. And you can... There's always a way... Out. And if you're worried, if you're afraid of getting out, that speaks volumes to the situation that you're in. And then, you know, third person looking in, it, for, you know, some people be like, it's not that hard. It is hard. It is extremely it's hard. It's difficult. It is, because it's all about your psyche, the psychological trauma you go to, the, the, the reasons that you can't leave, the the self doubt, the mm-hmm. confidence. It's a it's a it's many and variables. All of that is learned through abuse, which is why I'm saying you don't deserve that. No matter who you are. No matter who you are. Oh, you don't and now that abuse. I see. I see. Regardless you if you're a demigod or not. Yeah. Your point is to be a mom. So that meant send his ass to camp. Yeah. Oh, okay. Or get even if you have to be on the run or something like that, get yourself and your son out of that situation. And, you know, something did happen. Like, her and Grover never met in person, but they were always contacting each and other. And she knew he was watching him. So, why didn't... Mm, yeah, I could see that. There was an option for her, to, for Percy even back then, to back be taken. Then. There's no reason to stay in an abusive Relation. situation. Yeah. Or relation... Any... Not even just relationship. Any situation that's abusive, you can walk away. 
And if you're afraid to walk away, you can get out. Or ask for help. It's fine. Or ask for help. Ask for help. Find a way. That's my soapbox. That's why. Even though it 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 is hard. Regardless it's of, difficult. I understand. Like, like it's regardless of what what some people say, it is a diffi- it's a difficult, difficult cir- circumstance to get over yeah. or get through. But, but if you find that window, and if you have the courage, take it. But get le- out. let me tell you something. Don't go back. They're not going to change. They won't. If they didn't change the fifth time, honey, they ain't going to change the hundredth. Even even the second. We've listened to way too much crime junkies to understand mm. what could happen. People are crazy. Damn, I love Ashley Flowers. I love that woman. Oh, and her friend too. Her friend Britt. grew on me. Yeah, Brit. Brit. Oh, okay. All right. So that's enough of our soapbox. That's my yeah. That was ser- a very that's my public service announcement. No, that was well deserved. Yeah. I needed that banter. Yeah. All right. So it comes to our next portion of the show, which is our listener letters, our yeah, we- Iris messages. Yes. And we don't have any, but damn, you keep crushing my soul. Okay, I know. let's just keep going. <laughs> but <laughs> if you would, I have to say it. If you would like to send us your Iris message, no, we will never stop doing this. Yes, I will. Always no, no, say for this. real. I, I love this. Yeah, part. I don't even care. We do get messages <laughs> or not. <laughs> At this point, it's like how many ways can I destroy Lucas? Um, <laughs> send your email, whatever it is, <laughs> even if it's just saying hi to one of us. Send it to Olympus Radio Podcast at gmail.com and we'll get back to you. Yes. I promise. I have no other emails to answer. So And please rate and review us because it really does help. You know, your by you rating and reviewing us, it gets to us to a broader audience and people get to see our show. Yeah. Or hear our show, sorry. And, and share it. Like yeah. the, it takes two seconds to two just seconds. share it. This, we're not forcing you guys. Take we're your just, time. We're not forcing, just begging. But begging. Slight begs. Yeah. Slight begs. Rate and review. It takes two seconds. Even yeah. if you don't review, just hit that five star. Yep. I'll All take right. three. All right. Now it's time for the plugs. But if you want to hear us um, memorialize. Memorialize. Thank you. Thank you. Memorialize Chad Chadwick Boltzmann and talk a little bit more about the MCVU and what next steps they're about to take, you know, under under like these circumstances yeah. um stick around after the plugs to to hear it yeah all right i'm lucas son of hermes i'm Haley, daughter of aphrodite and wakanda forever wakanda forever goodbye everyone if you like what you heard and want to follow us, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Olympus Radio Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at Olympus underscore radio. And any fan stories or emails that you want to send us, you can send to Olympus Radio Podcast at gmail.com. We're also hosted on Anchor at anchor.fm slash Olympus radio. You can also find us on Spotify or any podcast platform by searching Olympus Radio in the search bar. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the podcast because it helps people find us and gets us to the top of the charts. I'm Lucas. And I'm Haley. And this is Olympus Radio. May May the the gods be be with with you. you. I want to talk about this situation a little bit more because what is the MCU going to do now? Like, I, when I, to answer your question earlier that you asked me, yeah. yes, in the comic book arc, 
Sherry does take up the mantle of Black Panther. Yeah. I just think that in MCU form, they already have everything set for Phase 4. And, you know, they have they don't want to mess things. They haven't messed things up since 2008 with the first Iron Man. And they've been doing such a good job. But who's to say that they can't do the same thing? Oh, like to with, rewrite? With Sherry. Like... It's Who's, just not her it's, time it's yet. Not, it's not like Black Panther, the role of Black Panther is exclusively male. No, 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 no. So I'm saying... Like, she will. If, she it, She does take I, no, 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 the No, no, no. I'm saying like, I'm saying that it's not like his role is defined by him being male. So if they have one scene that Chadwick Boseman did, they could do it the same way with Shuri. Now, here's the problem. I agree with you, and I have no doubt in my mind they're not going to do that, but we need Storm first. We need the X-Men. Storm, in the comic book, becomes his wife. We need her to get introduced first. I need Storm. But they can't. They will. They'll find another actor to play him. I don't... I, I know, I know, it, it sucks. It comes, back, it comes down to that, that age-old question. When a person, when someone dies during a role, do you replace him or do you kill them off and just work with what you have? It depends because they did replace Dumbledore. He died after the second movie, the yes. original Dumbledore, and they did the same thing for... But Dumbledore... Oh my God, they didn't. They didn't. No, they didn't. They didn't do the same thing with Carrie Fisher. But After Carrie Fisher died, they were like, Ugh. Dumbledore is a role that is consistent through the seven books and has no backup, no alternative, nothing. Not Black Panther. But Black Panther. There's no, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. They're gonna do it with Wolverine. No. Oh my god. Are you okay? All the gases and, and burps <laughs> I try to suppress are all coming out now. Like, you suck! <laughs> no, okay. Um, <clears throat> yes. But there's something very interesting about the MCU you need to understand. When the MCU started, they picked up where the old comic books left off. Now that Iron Man is dead, his daughter's taking up the mantle now. And his wife. Yeah. And in the original comics of Ant-Man is Hank Pym. That is the... As you see how in the MCU the mantle gets handed over. They're doing that as a thing. Yeah. So I'm ready to see that. That is an option. If the mantle is handed over to her, to Shuri. But like I said, I really feel like they're not... They're going to do it. I'm not saying they're not going to do it. They're going to do it. Because we they're, we need a female Avengers. Yeah. Um, I'm and I'm not even saying that they're gonna do it specifically for to set up the female Avengers. I'm just saying it's an option. No, no, that's no. better than an alternative. Yeah, but knowing those, knowing them, they're probably just gonna be like, "We need one more before we introduce her." And then you know, female superheroes or female lead movies does not have a track record. Not because the movie is bad, because there's a lot of misogyny in America. Like, in, look what they did to Rose Tico. In the geek world in general. And in the geek world. Especially old, straight... I I must say, I don't give a fuck. I, especially the heterosexual geeks that think that their version is the better. Like, I don't care how much of a Star Wars fan you were. The old head Star Wars, they need to have a seat. There's they a lot need of to geek. have a seat. There's a lot of gatekeeping in the geek community. Yeah, for real. Yeah. For real. And a lot of shaming because a girl... 
Okay, this is the thing I understand. Either a girl is too ugly, or a girl is too pretty that she is so intimidating. Vice versa, Brie Larson. You know why people don't like Captain Marvel? Why? Not because of her acting. Mind you, she did have her problems at MCU because they were extremely strict. Once mm-hmm. you once you picked up a project with them and you're under contract, you gotta you gotta cert, you gotta literally go by certain guidelines. Yeah. But they didn't like the movie not because she's a fee like yeah that was a main issue, but it's because they didn't like her attitude. If you were a Marvel fan and you have read Captain Marvel comics, you know. That sh- it's not Brie Larson. It's her sassy ass attitude. It's Carol Danvers' sassy ass attitude. You know why? Because she is that bitch. Yeah. Before Squirrel Girl, but she is that bitch. <laughs> yeah. She's the literal OP of the MCU. And even if it was Brie Larson's IRL attitude, she wasn't doing anything or saying anything that that, that Carol Danvers doesn't no, no, do. That oh. Robert Downey Jr hasn't done or said or acted pompous or pretentious. But because she's a woman, oh, she's a, a bitch. Yeah, it was a big deal. Yeah. It was a big fucking deal. And that's why, like, they're like, oh, well, the like the Captain America, the Captain Marvel movie didn't do that good. And on top of that, they hyped her up in the end game. And she didn't even do anything. And I'm dead, like... If she did anything... The movie will be over. Yeah. All right? If she didn't go on her expedition the- during Endgame and just stuck with the Avengers and fought Thanos through and through... The movie would have been over in an hour ago. The producers said that, actually. They said in an interview, like, they're like, crap, we have this woman who's literally powered by one of the Infinity Stones, and she literally could just end Thanos without the gauntlet. And we're like, well, crap, that would just end the movie. So we're going to send her off into space. Exactly. Yeah. But, like, going back, it's like, I don't want it, but the universe literally... Is always against us. So 2020. 2020. And it's sad. I feel like crap. Even though I don't really know. He don't know me. I don't know him. Yeah. But long story short, he will be ending in our history books. Even yeah. as a movie actor. Yeah. I the love first, this movie. The first black superhero. Yeah. In, a, in the silver screen. And not no secondary character, no. not no 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 superhero spoof like the Wayne brothers love to do. Like no, not knocking them, but, but like, come on, yeah, it's like, it's a first authentic superhero movie, mm-hmm. and it became the best movie out of the entire MCU. Honestly, I loved. It. I didn't like it. Honestly, I'm just being honest. I liked Captain Marvel, like that was one of my favorites, mm-hmm. but. In terms of like movie growth, I loved, movie growth. Oh yeah, yeah. But I, I loved Black Panther. I loved it. It was one of my the concept, yeah. the, the the colors, mm-hmm. the, the 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 culture behind it. Even if it was fictional or not, like they still took aspect from Africa and African culture to boom. Yeah, and they stuck to that comic. All right. Yeah, they really did. But that's why I'm saying, like, I think that before they hand the mantle to her, because I know they are, mm. we need we we need him to get married with Storm. I need him to marry Storm. I don't think it's going to be a thing. It is. It is. I know you want it to be. Because in this version, the mutants are born after the Thanos snap. I understand. Okay, well. But like, I don't, I just don't think that's how they're going to work it now. I just don't. Because, I mean, we already know that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a different universe than the comic books. You know what? It kind of plays a thing. You think 
now they could play with the multiverse now. Yeah, absolutely. They, put, they can. Oh my god. Okay. Like JJ Jame- Jameson survived the the reboot and the snap. Oh my god. And he came back. He survived like two reboots. Wow. 